This is The Art Life. Hello, I'm Zandra Robinson Burns, writer and the protagonist of Heroin Training. Today, we are reflecting on The Artist's Way, week five, and joining me is my co-host, actress and activist, Grace Gordon. Grace, how is your art life? My art life, like this week of The Artist's Way, is full of possibility. For my artist date for week five, I intended to go to Sugarman Gallery, which I've talked about before quite a few times on the show. I um, I actually had to pick up art because I had had some things in a show that just shut down. They had a, they had a new one launching, so um, they had like a David Lynch tribute show that just started. And I thought that was so cool. He's one of my favorite directors. So I said to myself, I'll go pick up my art and I will uh, see this gallery. You know, I'll see this new show. Um, I was so excited and I just thought that was the perfect artist date. And I get to the gallery and, um, and the owner, Sarah Rose, who's freaking phenomenal, was there and we very quickly started talking about what's going on in our lives and our art lives. And I expressed, you know, it's just like some desire to to get involved with something right now because I was feeling a little bit um, stuck. And she immediately invited me to be part of the next show, which is uh, witches inspired. It's all witches, not from film and TV or any kind of fan art, but is just uh, like occult and witch and like history of witchcraft. And so that's happening in March. And she said, hey, submit something to this. So that was like a really cool moment because I, I knew that the show was invite only. Um, so I hadn't submitted or anything. And I but I really wanted to be part of it. Uh, and then I looked through the art gallery and really enjoyed that. And then as we were talking, uh, Sarah Rose got to telling me about um, just little things she was pointing out about framing, about, um, you know, how different artists showcase their work and what is like gallery standard. And I was asking questions and I could feel her trepidation because she didn't want to like speak down to me or, you know, like, like, um, she clearly didn't want me to feel like I was being taught, but I would, but I said, I made clear, I'm asking you questions because I don't know. <laughs> I said, uh, this is all very new to me. And, you know, having things up in your gallery last year was the first time that I've ever done anything like that. I don't, I do not know, um, anything about framing and presentation and packaging certain items. And, uh, I want to learn. So Sarah Rose ended up just out of the kindness of her heart and because we had the time giving me like an hour, two hours of a freaking masterclass one-on-one in like the business of selling art in a gallery and in her gallery and intellectual property when it comes to fan art and um you know making prints and how to how to frame things and and make your own frames and it was like and what sells as well like little little tiny details that um, affect whether a piece gets sold and pricing and how pricing works in her neighborhood and it was just incredible and i was so excited i had so much fun learning about this stuff 
Um, and then just to add a cherry on top, uh, we're at this, you know, Twin Peaks art show. And um, it was just uh, me and her for most of the the afternoon with, you know, occasional like visitors basically coming in and paying and going in to the gallery. Um, and then at a certain point, a man walks in with his daughters and he, uh, he's asking a, a couple questions and he's like, oh yeah, I live in the neighborhood. I thought I'd come in. He says, oh, I was in Twin Peaks, the, you know, one of David Lynch's shows. And we were like, oh, no way. Who did you play? And he has a mask on as we all do. So you can't see, tell who people are. The show is also filmed like 30 years ago. Um, and he like shows us who he is. And, and it was, you know, he's, he's a huge character in season two. And he was just so gracious. And his daughters were these really precocious, creative kids who I was talking about, you know, everything from art making to film to, um, to favorite desserts with. And, uh, and at one point, um, at, you know, he looked through the gallery. He told me that he also does fine art. So we had a good discussion about being an actor. And like both of us apparently started doing fine art because we were like bored. Like his his was like he was on set and he was uh, he just needed something to do like in 1997 because he was like filming something in Mexico and was just going crazy. So he said, I'm going to start painting. And I said, that's me in quarantine. That's why I'm here. It's because I thought I was going to go crazy and need something to do. So he gave me some insight on that. Um, anyway, I, you know, and then I ended up saying, hey, can I, can we get a, well, 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 the owner said, can I, we get a picture of you for the gallery? He said, of course. And then I said, can, can I take a picture of you with Audrey with, with, um, with basically the, there's a lot of art of his love interest on the show, um, up at this gallery and so he took this adorable picture like yearning next to her but i also so i know the actress who plays her she's one of my closest mentors and has been just a guardian angel in my own career and so i said can i text this to sherilyn and he was like oh you know you know sherilyn you know she's so sweet anyway it was just a, a, a an afternoon of synchronicities of learn of generosity from artists who just wanted to be kind and offer things and teach each other things and, you know, celebrate each other's work. And Sherilyn was thrilled um, to, to see, hear from him and see this picture of him. Uh, the, the actor's Billy Zane, by the way. This is no secret. Like, he, he's he's phenomenal. He's a really kind person. Um, so if you haven't seen Twin Peaks, you've probably seen him in Titanic. Uh, he's just wonderful. And it was just also such a heartening moment outside of learning so much and enjoying the art life conversations. It's just heartening when you meet someone who's very successful, famous actor, and who is just so humble and grounded and kind. So my art life is full of possibility because um, these are the sort of things that happen in LA that make LA amazing. But because I've been so locked down the past year. I haven't had a lot of opportunity to love LA. And so it was just so wonderful to have this artist state and learn so much and all these unexpected things, so many synchronicities, but to also be reminded of how much possibility is in LA when you are at a gallery or just walking around. Um, I'm so grateful for this experience and wanted to share it on the show. Wow. That felt like a little like side quest 
mini episode in itself. There's just so much loveliness. Thank you for sharing that. My pleasure. And I, I'm, you know, I'm really thankful to Sarah Rose for teaching me so much about like the business of of art making and um and I just I loved all the lessons as well about just being humble and being a student because I I got so much from that because I was honest like hey I have things to learn I'm so amazed by the openness of everybody involved in this story from being open to teaching and open to learning and receiving and also to this actor who came to this this gallery exhibition that has fan art from a show he was in. Yeah, he lives in the neighborhood. So he was like, oh, yeah, I saw you were doing this. Thought I'd stop by, <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, wow, that's that's awesome. That's synchronicity right there, kids. <laughs> Sancha, how is your art life? Ah, oh, my art life is <laughs> my art life is ghostly is the word that is coming to mind. It's what I'm using to describe this feeling of space and time that I am occupying in recording this show, recapping the artist's way, which, as I like to remind everyone listening, I'm not doing actively. I went through the whole program from start to finish in the autumn winter of last year and so as we're recording each week, I go back through my notes from this week when I was doing The Artist's Way. And it has been so fulfilling to look back on these inklings of ideas that have totally carried through, to look back on on where my mind was at that time in, in my journey but also the spirit of community that we have here on the show with you, Grace, going through it, and also with our creative cluster of artists who are following along with The Artist's Way with us. I just get so energized every time we hear from somebody chiming in and saying, I've been following along with you too. And what's really cool about it is that we're not all starting and stopping on the same day. There are people who started in December. On January 1st, I got an email from Anne-Marie saying that she was on week nine last week and had started before the series began. We have Laura, who has done The Artist's Way before, and this is her second or third time going through. So I think it's just so cool that we have people all showing up, not just to the tasks and the morning pages and all of the components of the program, but just showing up with the commitment to recover and, and nourish our, our artists. So I just am especially grateful for that this week. And it, this time travel feeling of like going, reflecting back on my progress and getting grounded in the present is is like that is an exercise in the artistic process in itself where i just published an essay about something that happened to me two two and a half years ago i'm working on another essay that is about a favorite piece of art that came out last july 
and it, that's like that's what writing is for me even though i'm i'm writing essays in the present it is about how my relationship to the past so um i've just been thinking about those themes lately and just feeling really like content and swirly and <laughs> ghostly content and swirly <laughs> i loved i i really noticed um in this reflection that you used the word energized because i've been using that word all weekend certain uh you know experiences of connectedness have left me feeling so energized and i'm just i'm glad that our community our artists way cluster our art life listeners are energizing you right now and i'm curious about whether reviewing your notes from doing this a few months ago, and then also being part of other people's journeys, I'm curious about whether you're able to really notice the growth that you have had as an artist. I'm curious about whether you can go, oh, wow, um, I was reflecting on you know this thing in November, and now I see it coming to fruition. Or, uh, oh, I had that same resistance when I was on that chapter but now I don't. Do you, have you noticed growth like that? Oh, this week specifically, there are a couple of things that are absolutely in that category. I guess I can get right into it as we transition into our week five discussion. One of the things that I that kept coming up for me in my journaling was I really want a a um a fancy fountain pen the ariana grande music video had just come out where she's president in positions and she has like the best outfits and she's sitting at her oval office desk and has this like glamorous pen and i was like that is that would be treating my artist so i was just like fawning over fancy stationary equipment and then one of the exercises is like what do you is to write down things that you really want and then um like write them on a card where you can see them and so i hung this up and one of the things on my list was ask for what i really want for christmas (laughs) and steve saw this because we live in the same space and he saw this in my like hung up where I can see it. And he's like, what do you really want for Christmas, Zandra? And it wasn't even like a secret. It was just this concept of like, uh, I get frustrated around gift giving occasions with like, oh, considering what the other person could give me when I have to give them an idea. It's like, oh, I don't want to ask for something that's too much or too hard to get. And I, I think I just wrote down in this brainstorm just like a oh, I wish I could just ask for what I actually want instead of you know having to make all these considerations and I didn't even have an answer to the question but when he suggested an interest in knowing the answer I started to like really think about it and one of the things that came up was I said I would like a fountain pen please and he was like what color which one I was like nope you can pick it out I don't care any fountain pen and so he got me for Christmas, this gorgeous Parker pen that has constellations on it. Wow. Which was, 
I didn't know that they did one like that. And it was the most beautiful surprise. So we're going to have to put that in our show notes. I love that we often talk about books on this show and links to them in our show notes. I'm very interested in us linking to your favorite fountain pen. (laughs) Um, Join me. (laughs) It's such a perfect artist's way moment. The treating yourself to a, a, a tool, to something that inspires you. You know, whether it's going to the dollar store, like Julia Cameron writes about, go to the dollar store and get a bunch of stickers and just like put stickers all over your morning pages. Or seeing something in a music video as a writer and going, yeah, I need a beautiful writing instrument. I I deserve that. That's what I want. And asking for it. It's a perfect artist's way moment. I have to thank my friend Jacqueline as well, who is a patron of mine and she, when I, I, I've known her for a long time and we finally had a video call around the same time and we're like, oh, we get to talk in person. And one of the things that she like felt was important to share with me was she said, I need to show you my pen. And so that's how I knew to ask for a Parker pen because she recommended it and was like, I know you will appreciate this. And so that was another seed planted of like, people think I should have this. Including another synchronicity. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, so um, I have that tangible um, artifact back from going through this week the first time. I really love this chapter, Zandra, and I didn't remember this chapter well. Like so, like some of them, like reading deprivation, like some of them are burned into my brain forever. <laughs> um, but I did not remember this chapter, this chapter title, and I loved it because it was so positive. It was, you know, so much about faith, but I also really appreciated some of these elements of talking about desires and about selfishness quote-unquote selfishness not really right um i have you know do reading this chapter and taking notes on it uh and doing all of the exercises within it i was forced to confront the fact that like the happiest and most abundant times in my life were the ones where i've been a little bit more And now again, I'm putting this in quotations because it's not selfish, but quote unquote selfish, where I've like shamelessly followed my desires, where I've held strong boundaries, where I've said no to anything or anyone that just doesn't feel right. And where I've taken a lot of time to like even just get dressed in a way that makes me feel most myself and where I've just gone after something that you know, hits my intuition and I just go right after it. Um, This chapter reminded me that those were the times where I have been so happy and so creative, but ironically, even though it uses the word selfish, it's also been the times where I've been most generous from like a, from a real place, not from like codependency and not from trying to, you know, uh, overgive to, to feel connection but quite the opposite. It's where I have put myself and my art first. That's when I've had a more abundant life and been able to truly give to other people, whether that's casting people in projects I'm making or having the money to like 
really donate to people who need it. Um, there's just this beautiful experience reading this chapter for me of confronting this concept of selfishness, realizing that when I've put myself and my art first and foremost, I've been happiest, most creative, and most generous as an outcome. That just feels right. That makes sense to me. And I get drawn into this this art life world, this campfire of ours where I'm just nodding going, yeah, that makes total sense. That's how the world works. And then I step outside and I'm like, but we've been conditioned to think that even this word selfish is a problem. And poor Slytherin house gets so much stigma. <laughs> I'm pouting for... right now so everyone knows. I just like you all to know I'm pouting. <laughs> But it's so it like it's so true that when we are there's there's something about connecting to ourselves that is that is artistry like that is what each of us have to offer as individuals is when we are being selfish or true to ourselves true to our desires and that like resonates joy as a result and that that feeling is helps other people that spills over we can share it exactly it spills over in in energy right like when i'm at my most me and my most powerful that can inspire other people but also that i literally have more resources to give to other people when i'm willing to put myself first it's such an interesting you know, mind-bending concept for me. Um, but I just loved this chapter because it was, I just feel like I learned so much, even though I've done this book several times. You mentioned reflecting on how this has has gone for you in the past in terms of when you've when you've felt happiest and when you have put yourself first. Did you identify any changes to make in the present or going into the future that will encourage you to keep choosing to live that way? Oh, I'm so glad you asked me that. And I think to a degree, I actually should sit down and make more of a list. Um, like you asking me will hold me accountable to, to write that out more clearly. But um, I can say this week, like, I wrote out very clear morning and evening routines that are a big time commitment, frankly, that included vocal exercises in the morning, that included at least 10 minutes of, like, stretch classes in, in the evening because... I want to be able to do my full front and middle splits by my birthday, <laughs> random. Um, but I wrote down these really uh, detailed morning and evening routines because that was part of my like when I've been happiest and most creative, I dedicated much more time to those kinds of practices. And just within a few days of enacting that this week, I've been sleeping better. 
you know, I just feel happier and I'm like amazed at how much I can get done even with that much time dedicated um, to these sort of self-care things. And so, I mean, there's a start, right? It, that The routines are a good beginning, but I think there's a lot more, a lot more to come. And based on my memory of how the next few weeks of The Artist's Way unfold, this concept is built upon. So that'll happen through the structure of this book that we're going through as well. I have been looking back and and trying to pinpoint the moment because as I teased in our trailer episode, a big specific takeaway from the artist's way for me was committing to not eating dairy since I am lactose intolerant. And I've just been looking for when did this happen? And one of the seeds was planted in this week where I was doing the exercise about my payoff for staying blocked, which is a great question because forcing myself to write an answer logically to what is my payoff for doing self-sabotaging activities like eating food that gives me a stomach ache, I just don't have a a great answer. And so I'm like, okay, fine, I'll stop doing it if you say so. (laughs) But just taking the time to reflect on that is all the persuasion I need. Yeah, I love that response, right? To to say, oh, well, gosh, there is no payoff, is there? Hmm, humph. <laughs> I had a similar response to one of the questions that tasks that was like, who do you blame for being creatively blocked? And I sat down to answer and I wrote myself. <laughs> I wrote, there is no one but me to blame. You know, maybe I get into relationships or whatever where I where I can blame the other person, but it's it's clearly me and my own self-sabotage. And it felt really good to just be honest about that first thing. It's It reminds me of the blurts back from week one where these are, these are like, I want to say swirly again, but it's it. These are are voices in our heads that are kind of going on autopilot that we're not really listening to, and then when we take the time to listen to them, are like, oh, that doesn't make sense. It's just they're just planting this feeling in my head of like, oh, you should. I don't know. It doesn't even make sense, so I can't articulate it. But taking the time to extrapolate those things is just really simple and and obvious and a little embarrassing, but on we go. <laughs> Zandra, do you have anything else that you want to point out from this chapter before we get into some listener reflections? One of my favorite practices that I like, I have enjoyed doing for a long time is what Julia Cameron calls the image file of saving images that resonate with you or looking up images of things that you want I have a practice that I like to do of keeping my homepage on my web browser a Pinterest board that is basically that. I just pin images that make me happy. It's sort of like a second desktop wallpaper. And so this was one of those tasks that came up that I was very excited to see like, oh, you do that too. You find that helpful too. So I wanted to mention that 
if anyone listening is interested in that kind of thing, I have a New Year's audio that I put up for free on my Patreon that has little things like that you can do to set up for, doesn't have to be a new year, but um, one of them is setting your homepage as a beautiful image file that inspires you. So it's, um, I will leave a note in the show notes to that. It's heroinetraining.com slash 2021. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I think that's a great thing to point out, not just that the image file is a really beautiful and useful practice for launching into the next step of our creative lives, but also that it doesn't have to be printed. Like when I first read it, I was like, well, I'm not going to print things out. I'm not going to, you know, and I don't really read magazines. I don't have magazines around me. And, and Pinterest was, of course, the place to go then. So I'm glad that you pointed that out because if people did read that that part and go, well, I'm not going to print things out or I'm not reading magazines um, or I don't want to save things on my phone, Pinterest, that's the place to go, baby. And keep looking at it. That's what's so amazing about keeping it as my homepage because I, I started doing this at the beginning of last year and had a Pinterest board called 2020. And looking back through those images, there are so many specific things like my Doc Martin boots that I also wished for in week five that I own now. They're in my hallway because I just like looked at it so much that I eventually saved up for it and asked for it. And there are so many examples like that on my board of things that I wanted that just came true. Oh my gosh, I love that that happened. And I really hope that I get some white cowboy boots again. Second time mentioning this on an episode. <laughs> the white cowboy boots have to happen this year because they're, there's a picture of them plastered on my morning page journal right now. So it, it's exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> Reminding ourselves of our own desires. <sighs> yeah, your morning page book is a perfect example of this. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was its own image file before I even did that tool. Yes. Synchronicity. I already done. Check it off. <laughs> there we go. So we have some listener stories this week. I want to first welcome Laura, who I mentioned at the beginning of the show, who is joining us from Adelaide, Australia. Laura has done The Artist's Way one and a half times and is keen to get it, get through it in a 12-week block this time. She is a yoga teacher working on her PhD. So welcome to the Campfire Cluster, Laura, and thank you so much for writing in. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to, to have you here with us. And, you know, 12-week block, if you want to do it in that schedule, go ahead. But as long as you do it, that's what I believe. And keeping in that... um that tone, I guess, that idea. Uh, we got a really interesting email from my roommate, actually, my roommate, Keitra, who's doing the artist way along with us and uh, has tr attempted to do it before, but has had frustrations with it in the past. And Keitra had this really interesting insight. She sent us a very long email, so I'm going to just summarize it for people. But um, we talked last week about 
customizing the artist's way a little bit more about making it individual to the needs of the artist uh, because of reading deprivation and acknowledging that some people might need to tune out of other things. Uh, Keitra reflected on something really interesting to us about how um, she used to have a terrible wrist injury because of working in food service and that the act of handwriting of journaling was not accessible to her because she like would get terrible pain and when she tried to do the artist's way in the past she she asked people who had done it or who were doing it with her if she could like do it on her computer or a device and she was met with the comment oh i'm sure you're just resistant to the courts itself and you're just asking this as an excuse to get out of it overcome your blocks don't be dramatic and it was very frustrating to her because she had an injury and she couldn't do the writing she couldn't do the handwriting so it's you know i just she was talking to me about this and i said oh you have to email us about this so that we remember to mention it on the show um, i'm really appreciating that these conversations are coming up as a community listening to and doing the artist's way about that we we can personalize it you know if it takes a little bit longer than 12 weeks because you're getting your phd and teaching and, and doing yoga and whatever else like it's okay that it takes a little longer than 12 weeks or if you have an injury you don't need to handwrite you can figure out another way to do it um, I just want to acknowledge that that's such a good point. That's something I've never experienced myself, but um, that there could be others who have similar, you know, uh, issues that that make one part of the artist's way inaccessible. And rather than throwing out the whole thing out the window, or rather than gaslighting your peers, we can have discussions about how to customize it to make it work for everyone. Or to make it work for anyone, I guess. I love hearing about how people are adjusting the course to their needs. And when I heard the response that Keitra had gotten about, oh, you're just being dramatic, I was like, ding, sounds like a blocked artist to me who is giving that advice. And it just, it, it shows the power of of truly listening to what someone is saying, especially when they're saying something about that is vulnerable, about an injury, about resistance itself is a sensitive topic. So um, that reminded me of the, I think it's the week two exercise about like, who who is gonna be receptive to your growth? And unfortunately, it sounds like these people were also familiar with the book, but kind of missing the point. Yeah, that kind of controlling attitude is certainly not going to encourage other people to, to grow. So I love that you pointed that out because I hadn't even thought about that part. Thank you for saying that. Oh, you're welcome. Well, having an, um, a handwriting injury is like my biggest fear because I love writing by hand so much. And I, too, had a cyst. I had surgery for it, and I think it was a writing-induced injury. Since I was little, I've had a writing bump on my finger, and it, I always kind of wore this like a an artist badge of honor of like, oh, you read about Louisa May Alcott like writing through the pain that she had physically, and I was like, yeah, I'm like that. And then I, I realized over time that it doesn't have to hurt. I can take care of myself and... <laughs> 
<laughs> seek medical help. Um, but I can't imagine having this pain and also feeling like it's it's not I, I, I don't know. I, I felt like proud of it in a way, and I really don't anymore. I think that there is a lot in the artist's way, but also a lot of conversation in our culture right now about this exact thing, about art doesn't have to hurt, about success shouldn't have to hurt, um, that it's not a badge of honor to, to suffer and to make other people suffer. And, you know, what a great thing to point out. And uh, a great thing to grow past for you. It is one of the many reasons that the movie Doctor Strange really resonates with me. <laughs> because that's the premise at the beginning is that he's this fancy surgeon who gets in a car accident and loses the power of his hands and is very like rigid in the beginning and sounds kind of like the Catra's doubters. <laughs> who were like, this is the only way, I must do it this way, and then comes to a much more spiritual magic powers um, approach to life that, um, that saves the MCU. Grace, what is the art life? The art life is staying open. To your needs and to others. Zandra, what is the art life? <sighs> the art life is a lot of things. I feel like we had some pretty powerful breakthroughs in this episode, but I'll stick to what I wrote down from what you were sharing at the very beginning and say the art life is not going crazy. <laughs> Well, so much of this is this episode has been about that. Has been about doesn't have to hurt. You don't need to go crazy. There's ways of expressing and living for everyone. I, I was so warmed by that exchange that you had at the gallery about drawing as an outlet and um an an alternative to going crazy that I just jotted that down and it happened to carry through with the themes of everything that we we talked about today. So there you go. I'm so happy with that one. The art life is an alternative to going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the art life isn't putting craziness on a pedestal either. Yeah. We're just offering an all, an, another suggestion. Take it or leave it. <laughs> Zandra, um, you mentioned on this episode that you recently well it was it's this morning for for me you just published a new essay and uh you're chipping away at some new projects and uh for those who want to check them out where can people find your art you can find my art at heroinetraining.com that's where all my essays and everyday wonderland my patreon all of that you can find on heroinetraining.com and if you want to receive essays like the one that I just published in your inbox and you want to receive the Art Life newsletter, the easiest way to do that is to go to theartlife.show and click on the link to subscribe and there's an option to subscribe to both. So you can get my weekly-ish, fortnightly writing projects in your inbox and also our special bonus 
art life newsletters, such as photos of our bookshelves and our favorite art that we have been consuming lately. Um, I've just been really enjoying putting together that newsletter as well. I have too. I'm so glad that we're publishing that. Grace, where can people find your art? My art can be found, well, all all around the internet. So uh, (laughs) I like to direct people to my Instagram, which is Grace Gordon Official. Um, I have my little link in bio there, which collects uh, where you can buy my fine art, where you can see my archive of modeling work, where you can watch my demo reel on IMDb. Um, Instagram is really just the best place to sort of keep up with my daily thoughts and see everything collected. So that's where I like to direct people. Uh, and um, yeah, I, and next month I'll have a new piece of art up at Sugarmint Gallery. So can't wait to share that then too. LA, go check it out. We've had such a community-focused episode this evening. And um, I just want to remind people that if you're enjoying the show, like please tell a friend about us. We are all about creating this community and uh, supporting our artist cluster and all of the ways that they need it. So tell a friend about us, and uh, if you want to boost visibility for the show and have your comments read on uh, on air, um, leave us a review by answering the question, what is the art life? We, re- we read our listener reviews every week um, that answer that question. So you can go over to the podcast app or the iTunes store, answer the question, what is the art life in our review section, and uh, join the conversation. Thank you to everyone who has been writing in and telling us about what is going on in your art lives and your artist way journeys. I will say again that I am really energized by that. So please keep them coming. Let us know how you're getting on. And until next week, from my side of the world, I wish you all a good morning. And from my side of the world, I wish you all a good night. Bye. Bye. This is The Art Life, a heroin training podcast with Grace Gordon and me, Zandra Robinson-Burns. You can find us online and subscribe to our newsletter at theartlife.show and send letters to The Art Life, care of Grace Gordon, P.O. Box number 4292, Valley Village, California, 91617. Our theme music is The Stream by Rory. Thank you for joining us.